Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. Blessings to everyone here today and everyone that is tuned in to our broadcast. Certainly, God has a word for you. Father, we bow our heads once again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak through my mind. Speak through my voice. Thank you that you've given us receptive ears to hear your word today. Thank you that you're going to open up our spiritual eyes to receive in-depth knowledge from heaven. Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Get your Bibles. We're in the gospel according to John. Mother Adams, bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Gospel of John chapter 17. Amen. Mother Mosley, bless you. Everyone on the planet has the opportunity to choose to believe in God, and everyone on the planet has the opportunity to accept Christ as Savior. And I love saying that we're all influencers for Christ if you are a believer. There are influencers in the world, but God is looking for who's going to be an influencer for Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell them, make it official. I don't just want to wear a t-shirt and not believe it. Make it official. Amen. I have to say this. I was telling my family this this morning. I was telling them, Deacon Slaughter, how much I was enjoying your shirt. God, God the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you and Sister Slaughter are matching. I mean, that just looks beautiful. And I was telling my family, one thing I know about Deacon, because I see him all the time, he doesn't just, please stand up, Deacon. I went there. He doesn't just wear his T-shirt on Sunday. This gentleman goes all over the city representing God. Let's say amen. This is the first time in the going on 11 years, I bet the majority of us sitting here in the sanctuary, to everyone watching the broadcast, I'm talking to you too, but I'm going to talk about those sitting here first. How many of you have your bracelets on? Just by wearing your bracelet, hold it up. You're being an influencer. Say amen. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for influencers that will represent his kingdom. Say amen. It's such a blessing for God to work through us. And we know that our opportunities to witness to others is not by chance. And we know the encounters we're having every day, none of them are by chance. God doesn't take chances. God deals in, and we're going to get into it today, predestination. Each week you listen to God's word, 
Each week you start applying God's word, you'll notice how your thought process will begin to change. Before you can actually physically do anything, you have to think about it first. And that's what God is doing for the body of Christ. That's what Jesus is doing for the church today. He is putting all of the true believers on one accord. If you really understand me, say amen. amen. When you're connected to the kingdom of God, say I am connected. When you're connected to the kingdom of God, don't allow the devil or his demons or any kind of evil influence, don't allow them to try to disconnect you from God's kingdom. Anybody want to hear the truth? We say this in our churches, everyone watching the broadcast, we say this every Sunday. We say one of the worst things you can do is come to church and pretend to be a Christian and then Monday morning you live any kind of way you want to live. Be honest. How many of you know people like that? There used to be a time COVID God changed the world it used to be a time when you would try to live for God back in the day. At least you would try to live for God on Sunday. Now, some people, don't look at anybody please, come to church on Sunday give God an hour and a half of their time knowing that they're not even going to wait until Monday to get back to doing what they want to do. I'm learning this each day as I walk closer with God. It's not about what I... Come on now. Jesus said, I'm not here to do what I want to do. Jesus says, I'm only here to do the will of my Father. Christians, we used to say, live for God on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Some people are not living for God even on Sunday. I hope Pastor White's not talking about you. Because of the truth. The Bible says it is the truth that sets us free. When you're in bondage, what is bondage, pastor? When you're constantly stressed out, that's bondage. When you're constantly being triggered, that's bondage. When you're constantly feel like you're running from the enemy, that's bondage. God did not create you to run. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. There is no one above me. Somebody say amen. When you're connected to the kingdom of God, you're connected to blessings. And when you're truly connected to the kingdom of God, you won't allow your old nature to take over when you leave church. Say amen.
Jesus warns us in the Bible, throughout the New Testament, everything we're seeing today, we're seeing it because it was predicted over 2,000 years ago. Here in chapter 17, Jesus is having an incredible night with his 11 men, and he's communicating with them about future events that's going to take place after he departs. 2,000 years ago, the world rejected Jesus, and we know today, 2,000 years later, the world has still rejected him. When Jesus first began public ministry, he told everyone, he said, believe in God, but believe also in me. And I was in studying this lesson, and we've been here for several months. When Jesus said, believe in God, I was going to this, and I was going back and forth with the Spirit saying, why did he say believe in God? They went through all the traditions. They had heard about God. They went through all the formalities, but they did not know God. It's so different just hearing about him, but most people don't have a relationship with him. And God is pulling back the covers in 2023 where you can clearly see who actually has a relationship with him and who's actually just faking it. Because when you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you don't panic. Some of y'all quiet. So if you've been panicking, repeat, repent. Panic is not from God, that's from Satan. When you have a relationship with God, you don't live in fear. The Bible says God has not given us. Come on, talk back to me. The spirit of fear, but he's given us what? Power love, and a sound mind. Say, God is good. Here in the 17th chapter, we're going to be looking at verse 12 that contains significant theological implications as it continues with the departure of Jesus and his high priestly prayer. We know, Emmanuel family, that through the power of prayer, there is calmness, there is peace, and most of all, there is self-control. The death upon the cross of our Savior, the burial of our Savior that took place 2,000 years ago, we are blessed to be living in the church age today. Please write it down. I am living in the future. This past week, I had a member text me, and they let me know and sent me an article. How many of you ever heard of Sydney, Australia? Australia. Raise your hands. Amen. Well, in Australia, at the end of this month, they're going to be the fifth major country that's going to go cashless, living in the future. In Chicago, I told you about New York a few weeks ago, but the school year is getting ready to start in Chicago, and Chicago does not have enough security in their schools, so they're releasing robo-dogs to patrol the hallways 
and to patrol the grounds outside of schools. We're living in the future. I had a member tell me this week that they went to a restaurant here in Kansas City and a robot delivered their food. We are living in the future. And only Jesus, he's the only one that we can trust with all of this stuff taking place. Jesus is the only one that can truly secure my future. Say amen. There is a spiritual awakening taking place. That's why God is pouring out his knowledge upon you today. Because there is a spiritual awakening that was set aside, that was predestined for today. And the knowledge, some of you need to raise your hands, that God is pouring out and the knowledge that God is getting ready to pour out is going to be so fulfilling. It's going to be what was missing is going to be that missing link that you could not figure out. God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out so you can have a greater understanding of who I really am. If you're sitting here today or you're watching the broadcast and say, Pastor, I haven't experienced this spiritual awakening. Simply repent. Ask God, Lord, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for the disrespect I showed you. And if you repent, God is faithful. Maybe you didn't hear what I said. I said God is faithful. And God is just. Say amen, church. When you come into the spiritual awakening, remind yourself that I can't live any kind of way I want to. I can't be out partying Friday night, Saturday night, and then come to church and try to fake it. I can't get drunk with my friends five days a week and, and try to be sober on Sunday. I can't have a drugged out week all week long and expect God's anointing to flow in my life. I, I, I can't live how I want to live. Some people are sick because of sin. Some people's lives are off track because of sin. We have to make sure that we're lined up not with the world system, but lined up with the word. You know why? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word shall never let me stay here. I don't care what happens. World War, the Great Flood, World War One, World War Two. uh-oh, World War Three, and his word was still All of this knowledge is possible that God is pouring out because I have a new relationship with God. And if you don't have a new relationship with God, please repent. Take a self-examination. Don't be too prideful to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Say amen, church. 
when we pray, we know that we're having a dialogue with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we learn how their actions are so closely integrated together. And the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're only working for your behalf. They're only working to support you. They're only working to help us and not to hurt us. Today here in verse 12, Jesus continues to pray for his disciples right before the church age began. And what a blessing it is that we're able to see some of the things we're seeing today. I'm sure his disciples were listening to every word he was saying. And the question the Lord has for you today, because I told you last week, and we forget this. Please look at Pastor for a minute. Previously here in this 17th chapter, we know that Jesus was in the upper room. So they had finished supper, and Jesus already instituted Holy Communion, and they were sitting around, and Jesus began to pray. But this time when he prayed, the Bible says he looked up. So Jesus is sitting there in this room with his eyes wide open, looking up. The disciples are right there in the room observing Jesus pray and talk to his father. But Jesus, he took time to pray a private prayer, process this now, he was praying privately knowing that his disciples were sitting over here listening to him. So everything Jesus was praying, he was fully aware that the 11 men were listening to him. How many people, how many of your friends have ever heard you pray? My family heard me pray. I didn't say your family. How many of your friends, no process it, have ever heard you pray? I wouldn't go out and eat with anybody if I couldn't pray because they were embarrassed. Say amen. Going forward, don't be ashamed to pray. If the world can curse and swear and make fun of everything, I'm not gonna be afraid or ashamed or intimidated to pray to my heavenly father who sent his only begotten son to die for me. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid to pray. The disciples this night were privileged and they didn't realize at the time they were honored to hear a private prayer between father and son. And I, I, I thought about Deacon Strickland, Deacon Slaughter, you'll appreciate this. I thought about all the conversations and private talks I had with my own father and I wouldn't want anybody to hear my private thoughts. I'm setting you up. But Jesus wanted his disciples, his disciples, you, you guys are looking very disciple-ish today. <laughs> Jesus wanted them to hear on purpose. Sometimes you need to pray out loud just to set the record straight that you believe in God and that you believe in Jesus. Stop being ashamed and set the record straight. I'm sure his disciples were clinging to every word 
and we know this Emmanuel Church, you can learn a lot just by listening. Sometime when you go to work, stop talking so much. I'm trying to help you, not hurt you. You can learn a lot just by listening. Sometimes when somebody's talking a mile a minute, ask the Holy Spirit, help me be in the moment. Because you can learn a lot. If you know I'm telling you the truth, say amen real loud. You want to know what's on a person's mind? Just listen. Gospel of John, chapter 17, please find verse 12. The disciples, by listening to the prayer of Jesus, realized that he truly had an unbreakable bond with his Father. Look at verse 12, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus continues his high priestly prayer, and he says, Father, while I was with them, I kept and preserved them in your name, in the knowledge and in the worship of you. Look carefully at this. Those you have given me, I have guarded I have protected them, and not one of them has perished or is lost except the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot, the one who is now doomed to destruction, the one who is now destined to be lost that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Jesus only came to earth, look at it carefully, to represent the Father. Amen. He did not have his own agenda. Question. Please ask your neighbor, who do you represent? And wait for an answer at home. Ask someone, who do you represent? I represent AT&T. I represent Sprint. I represent T-Mobile. No, who do you represent? Are you representing yourself? And the new thing is now, the new hip thing is, you got to have your own brand. I have to represent me. It's not about me. I can't save you. The person next to you can't save you. It's all about Jesus. Jesus said, Father, I have protected, I have kept those whom you have gave me. Oh, this is going to be good. He wanted to show that they could have an intimate relationship with God just like him. Here Jesus is affirming that during his earthly ministry, he has guarded his disciples, look at your Bible, in the Father's name. God is real. And there's going to come a day of reckoning to the world. 
Jesus said that he is the good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? A good shepherd faithfully watches over the flock. And Jesus said, Father, I've watched over these men. I've protected them. I know it's a small group of them, but I did this in your name. And that shows us that there's power in the name of God. There's protection in the name of God. Jesus, the Bible says, he is the living word. And as the living word, he wanted to make sure that he was protecting his followers. Now, it's a beautiful thing, church, to be physically well. It's a beautiful thing to be emotionally well. But first of all, before you get to the physical, before you can get to your emotions, you have to start with your spirit. God wants your spirit to be well. And each week you come to church, each week you hear God's word, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's working on your spiritual well-being. Because once he gets it straight in here, it'll reflect out here. Say amen. Peace doesn't come from the outside. Joy, we'll hit that next week. Joy doesn't come from the outside. Certain things only come from within. That's why I love how God says, those that worship me, those that live for me, the church has got it wrong. He's not talking about doing all the physical stuff. He says, you must worship me. You must live for me in spirit. It is your spirit that is connected to God, not your flesh. How many of you know you're really connected? See, I'm connected whether or not I feel it or not. It's not about a feeling. It's about a spiritual connection. And the spiritual connection, there's nothing the enemy can do. There's nothing the devil can do. There's nothing any kind of demonic force can do to break the connection that God has with his children. Look at somebody say, I am connected. God wants your spirit to be well. When your spirit is well, your emotions will be well. When your emotions are well, your body will be well. Say amen. This verse portrays Jesus. Look at it carefully. It shows Jesus as a faithful, vigilant guardian. He was a guardian for his disciples while they were here on earth. And Jesus was reminding his father, I kept them in your name. I guarded them in your name. As he walked with them every day, as he talked with them every day, as he poured out wisdom and knowledge from his father every day, he said, Father, I did it all in your name. This is powerful, man. Jesus said over and over throughout the four gospels, he said, listen to me. The words that I'm saying to you, they are not my words. 
and the disciples and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the high priest and the Jewish community were saying, what do you mean these are not your words? You're standing up here saying it. Jesus said, no, you don't understand. Y'all from beneath. I'm from above. The words that I'm speaking to you are coming straight from my father's mouth. And God was warning the world 2,000 years ago to repent. Why is the church so scared of repentance? Because there is no way to get to the kingdom of God until you have repented of your sins. Now hit it, Jefferson. Hallelujah. When we repent, you cleanse yourself. When you repent, you shed off things. What you shed off, Pastor, when you repent, you're shedding off demons. When you repent, you're shedding off strongholds. Some strongholds been holding on to people for 20 years. I dare you to repent and see how God, the Holy Spirit, will start to refresh you. The Holy Spirit will start to renew within you the right spirit and not the spirit of pride. Wow. Jesus had an unwavering commitment to preserve his disciples on our journey. And on our journey today, what a blessing it is to know that we're not walking by ourselves. Somebody said, well, Jesus is not walking with us. No, he's not walking with us today, but we got somebody. Anybody know him? I see, some of y'all is kind of slow. I said, anybody know him? The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sister Kelly. He's inside of me. Isn't he all right? Thank you, Lord. We're not by ourselves and he will bring like-minded people. I got to stay here into your life. I want to say this to everyone listening to pastor. Stop, don't cry when God removes somebody out of your life. I know it hurts. It, take time to process it. But if God removes someone out of your life, it's for a reason. Some people don't try to help you. Some people are just a hindrance. And you can't, ah, can I say this? You can't fix stupid. Don't look at nobody. God will bring like-minded people into your life. The issue is we get too impatient. The word says wait on the Lord. Didn't say help him out. Well, Lord, I know you're kind of busy, so I'm going to try to step in and help you out. You don't need our help. Somebody say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. When you have a situation, learn how to be still. Keep your hands out of God's business. I'm going to wait. Don't you know when you wait on the Lord, the Lord is just moving stuff? Hallelujah. I'm going to wait on you, Lord, because I walk by faith. I'm, I don't walk by what I see. I'm going to wait. We're a blessed church because Jesus is revealing to us each day through his word what the Father is really like. And God told me to tell the church today, time is short. Mm -mm. 
Stop playing with your family. Please, everybody look at past. Stop playing with your family. Tell them about repentance. And it's time to start telling your family, you need to get it right with God. Don't say amen. My family don't believe in God. You better tell them. Because there is such thing as, come on. Somebody said, well, pastor, you don't know. I give money to the church. That won't save you. If you, if Deacon Strickland, Deacon Slaughter, if somebody donated $3 million, yes, we would take the money. But that still won't save you. And if you go before God and say, I gave my $3 million from the lottery, I gave it to the church, depart from me. Money doesn't mean anything to God. Don't you know when, if you make it to heaven, how many of you plan on going? We're going to be walking on gold. Hallelujah. Time is short. And somebody said, well, Pastor, I, I came to church for years. Just because you come to church doesn't make you saved. The Bible says hell's going to be busting wide open with so-called saved folk. Because Jesus said, you love me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. When you walk out your door Monday, nobody can even tell that you're a child of God. God is too good for us to keep him to ourselves. I said, God has been good. I can't keep him to myself. I'm going to tell my family, you need Jesus. I'm going to tell my family that if you repent, God will forgive you. I'm going to tell everyone I meet, you cannot figure it out on your own. You need the help of the creator, the one who made you, the one who designed you. That's the one that knows how to fix you. God is good. Some people say, Pastor, I just need some relief. I need some relief. I need some relief. Relief can't be found in pills. Ah, I can't say that. It's good to talk to a counselor. It's good to talk to family and friends. Good to talk to your husband. Talk to your wife. Talk to your best friend. But there is nothing that compares to talking to the Holy Spirit. If you got a situation, why not go to the one that already has the answer that you're searching for? When you're connected, I mean really connected, I mean you made up your mind. I'm connected. You won't be swayed by what people say. You won't be swayed by how people treat you. When you really connected, you expect the devil to attack you. But those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength. Hey, hey.
Hallelujah. Well, come on, look at somebody and say, I know I'm connected. When you're connected, there ought to be some fruit. When you're connected, there ought to be some evidence. Well, Pastor, I lived a long time. Just because you lived a long time doesn't mean you're connected. Where is your fruit? You shouldn't be angry every day you wake up when God is so kind to touch you with his finger of love and God allows you to see a day you've never seen before. I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to be upset with nobody because God is so good to me. I just want to tell everybody, God is good. He's a mind regulator. He's a bridge. He's a rock. He's a shelter. He's my everything. When you have God, you really have someone. Jesus, by praying, Father, look at your Bible, keep them in your name. He's emphasizing God's divine authority that has been vested in him. The name of God symbolizes his holy character. The name of God symbolizes his never-ending presence. The name of God symbolizes his unmatchable, unlimited power. Stop saying the devil is as strong as God. That is a lie. No, we sang today, our God is greater. See, some people can't sing that because their God is of this world. We. I can't. Yeah, I can say it. You, we'll, we'll see what's up in a couple of weeks. We'll see, who, see who's God's, whose church is at Arrowhead Lane. We're, we're going to see in a couple of weeks where your God really is. Oh, I must have stepped on some toes. By keeping his disciples in the Father's name, that means Jesus is operating in divine authority and he's showing us the unique relationship that he has with his father he had a oneness with God please write this down God wants oneness with me God wants oneness with me amen you hear that the baby said yeah He's not mad at you. He still wants you to be part of his family and don't allow demons to trick you into thinking you've gone too far, you messed up too much. This is the last straw. Simply repent. God's not mad at you. If he was mad at you, you wouldn't be here. And God is so kind. He's shown, showing the world, I'm still trying to give you a chance. That's the only reason he has not sent his son back. I said this a few weeks ago, man. Very sobering moment to everyone watching the broadcast. Very sobering. 
wherever you live, when you go home today, I'm not trying to bring nothing down. I want you to live in the real reality. I want you to take the, you know, you take the green pill. Oh, y'all know about the matrix either. Or the red pill. <laughs> well, I want you to live in the real reality. When you go home today, look around your neighborhood, wherever you live. And we have people come to Emmanuel Church from all over the Metroplex. Look in your neighborhood. And this is very sobering. The majority of the people in your neighborhood, they're at least, they're not first rounders. The majority of the people you work with, they're not first rounders. We have work to do to influence this world, but the majority of the people in this world, some people got a one-way ticket to hell because they have purposely shut off God. That's a very dangerous place to be. Yes, God is compassionate. Yes, God is forgiving, but he wants you to come to him. Come to me, all ye who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you his earthly ministry. When Jesus was here and ministered for three and a half years, he was not self-appointed. He was divinely appointed by his Father. And listen to me, every believer, where are the believers at? You have been divinely appointed by Jesus to carry out this mission to tell the world that God's not mad at you. There's good news. You can be saved. I love saying this. God always... Who said that? Has a plan. <laughs> Look in the middle of verse 12. I haven't even got to the good part yet. The middle of verse 12, Jesus said to his father, those you have given me, I have guarded and protected and guided and advised and corrected and chastised in order to keep them from going astray. Jesus had bought them safely for three and a half years, losing none that the Father had given him. Now, we're not to understand that he lost one. People say, Pastor, it doesn't make sense. God gave him 12 disciples, did he? Look at the verse Look carefully at verse 12. The Bible calls Judas the son of perdition, which simply means he's the one of destruction. He's the man of ruin. Now the body of Christ is getting ready to get enlightened. Turn to Psalms 41. Reference scripture. Please write this down. Psalms 41. And then we're going to go right back to chapter 17. But I want you to see, and I say this each week, but I try to show it to you. When you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is not really about their stories. 
if you're only reading it, seeing Old Testament stories about David, about Elijah, about Jeremiah, about Moses, about Noah, then you're missing the point of the Old Testament. Psalms 41, look at verse 9. Even my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, in whom I relied on, and I was confident, boy, it sounds just like Judas, who ate my bread. Look at that. He has lifted up his heel against me. Man, that really hurts when somebody close to you betrays you. And as we read this verse, look at it carefully, we can't just say, this is David talking. No, it's not about David. This is talking about Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, Jesus was saying to us what was going to happen to him even before it happened. The Word of God, the Bible, is a book about the future. The entire Old Testament is simply setting you up for the future of the coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God is always setting us up for something greater. Say amen, church. And as we read this, the Old Testament makes it clear that Jesus was hurt over the betrayal of Judas. Jesus came to redeem man and the devil did everything he could. See, the devil did talk to Jesus. The devil tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil tried to get Jesus to knock him off his path to complete his mission. The devil did everything he could to distract Jesus from completing his mission. And since he couldn't get Jesus, he couldn't get Peter. He tried, though, because Peter denied him. He couldn't get Thomas. He couldn't get John. So he tried, and he was successful in getting Judas. Sometimes if the devil can't get you, he tries to get someone in your camp just to plant enough doubt to throw you off. But grow up, mature to the point where you realize it doesn't matter what you say about me, my identity doesn't come from what you think, my identity comes from the one who created me. Come on church, give God some praise in the house. I'm very serious, look at somebody and say I know who I am. Turn around, look at somebody else, say, I know who I am. My, my identity doesn't come from the internet. I said it, my identity doesn't come from the internet. My identity doesn't come from me taking a quiz to see uh, where do you stand? What kind of personality do you have? What's your love language? My identity. Pastor, you hurt my feelings. Take it up with God. My identity comes from him. 
and that's a trick of the enemy. The enemy's trying to imitate God any way he can to get you off track. But the devil is a what? Please write this down. This was Judas's problem. The choices I make today will affect my future. Now we get ready to get into something. The choices I make today. Judas made a choice. Judas was a free moral agent. He made a choice. And you got to choose every day you get up. Am I going to live for God or am I going to live for myself? Choose this day. Who you going to serve? If you going to serve God, serve God. Serve him with all of your heart, all of your might, all of your strength. If you're going to live for God, come on and live for him. This verse shows us, turn back to 17. It addresses the tragic life that Judas lived. Jesus, remember, Please look at Pastor. Jesus, <laughs> how many of you have an Amplified Bible? You'll really appreciate this. Wave at me, please. I can't see everybody. Check this out. Now, this is real talk. Jesus was actually calling out Judas in front of the other disciples because the other disciples were wondering, where's Judas at? Where is he at? Why did Jesus dismiss Judas? And I told you, there comes a time in this maturing walk that you have the power and the authority to dismiss Judas out of your life. Why are you going to let him hang around? That's my kinfolk. I'm sorry. I leave you in God's hand. Well, everybody going to be saved. The Bible doesn't say that. Amen. Judas was not saved. And Jesus thought enough as he's talking to his father saying, no, wait a minute. I want the other fellas to know that this is the man that's causing destruction. This is the man the Bible calls Judas. Not only did he betray Jesus, but the Bible says he's a liar. Why would you put a liar over the money? Because he was a treasurer of the group. The Bible says Judas was a thief. And there ought to come a point in your life, you ought to be tired of people stealing from you. Stealing your ideal. Stealing your energy. Stealing your spirit away. Dumping all their garbage off on you. There ought to come a time where you say enough. A pastor, I love them. I love them. Man, ain't, ain't that much love in the world. I'm not going to hell for anybody. It, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. Pastor White is not going to hell to see or to visit or send a postcard to anyone. <laughs> Talking about I can't wait to get to hell. That's where all the rock stars are going to be. Keep on rocking. And you'll keep on rolling throughout eternity. Oh, thank you, Lord. Check this out. 
Jesus, in his prayer, he did not hide it from the other 11 men, what his friend had done to him. God has given everyone free will, and God respects human freedom by allowing us to make choices. And some of the choices we make may even lead to destruction, but God will allow it. The Bible says that when a person's heart becomes hardened, God will sometimes step back and leave you to your own following. Now listen to Pastor carefully. All of us have loved ones and friends who have gone astray from God, but God does not expect you to use all of your energy trying to pull them back in the kingdom when they made their mind up to run to hell. Wow. If you know I'm telling the truth, please say amen real loud. God has given everyone free will, and hell was not designed for humans. Judas made a very tragic and bad choice. And no matter what choice you make today, you still have an opportunity because God can redeem you today. You still have time. I told you, the most precious thing you have, it's not your money. The most precious thing you have is your time. What Judas was actually doing, he was rejecting God's grace. And that's what some people have done today. Some people have turned their backs on God. They're rejecting his grace. He wants to extend his grace to those who are lost. God wants to extend his grace to those who have gone astray. But Judas made the wrong choice. You choose obedience or you choose disobedience. The choice is yours. This is an unbelievable night right here. Before our eyes, look at verse 12. Jesus acknowledges Judas' betrayal and he calls him out to his father. He says, Father, it was Judas. Knowing that the disciples were listening, the spirit of truth wanted the disciples to know that one of their friends, one of their brothers had betrayed them after they ate with him, broke bread with him for three and a half years. But his prayer is always the fulfillment of scriptures. Not that Jesus didn't know about this, but it still kind of hurts. How many of you, see how many honest folk I have? I've been hurt. And it took some time to get over the hurt. And then it takes time and a process to bring that person back into your confidence. Well, Judas didn't have that opportunity. Because we'll find out in a couple of weeks, Judas listened to the demons and the devil so much, Judas ended up hanging himself. After, first of all, we'll get there in a few weeks, how they paid him off for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver. Some people will sell you out for $5 just so they can have self-gratification. Judas sold him out. Judas betrayed him after he walked with him, after Jesus had counseled with him. But Judas had his role to play. Please write this down. God knows my future.
And every born again believer should hold on to that. God knows my future. 100% light bulb moment. Let the bell start going off in your head. God knows my future. My future is not what the devil says. The devil says you're not going to make it. God says you are going to make it. The devil says you're not going to be healed. God says by my son's stripes, I am Come on, Jefferson. Healed. So when Jesus said that none was lost that the Father had given him, he was telling the truth. Judas was never really born of God. Listen carefully. Judas was God's creation, but he was not God's child. He was lost and the world and the Christian community need to come together and realize we are all God's creation but we are not all of his children you do not become a child of God until you are born say amen the Bible says that it was known that Judas would betray Jesus it was foretold in God's word but that does not mean that God preordained it. God permitted Judas to take his own path. And there comes a time in all of our lives where God will step back because some of us think we can do it better than God. So God says, okay, Jamita, you think you can do it better than me? Then go ahead, girl. Go right ahead. And every time we step out without God, we will mess it up. Eventually, we will mess it up. But the Bible says us the steps of a good person are ordered. It was not a failure, and we don't talk about this in churches. But now we have a better understanding of God's word. It was not the failure on the part of Jesus. Judas made his own choice. It's not your fault when somebody goes astray. People make their own choices. Well, pastor, that's my wife. Pastor, that's my husband. They make their own And don't allow people to dump their failures off on you. I'm trying to help you. I would have been successful, but you held me back. I would have been successful, but you didn't believe in my dream. I don't care if you don't believe in my dream. I know someone that gave me the dream. If he gave me the dream, he'll fulfill. Wow. If the Bible says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Judas betrayed Jesus. The Bible predicted it in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. All of this is part of God's predetermined plan. God always reminds yourself. He always has a plan. Say amen. amen. This union that Jesus holds, stand to your feet. 
this union Christ has with his believers, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we understand his words, the closer we grow in our relationship with the kingdom of God. This world is corrupt, and some people have been half-stepping. Some people have been backsliding. Some people enjoy being on the roller coaster. But this verse shows us such powerful and unconditional love. Jesus prayed to his father. He said, Father, I've protected them. I have kept them safe in your name. Lift your hands to heaven. The reason we're safe today, the reason we're still alive today, Pastor, I got aches and pains. Dude, you're still alive. Pastor, I got bills to pay. You're still alive. Pastor, I got challenges. You are still and that means God wants you to enjoy this human experience, this experience that the angels are not even able to experience. Lift your hands. We're really special to God. And as Jesus talks to his Father and reassures the Father, he says, Father, it is finished my mind is made up. I'm coming home to you soon. I have gave them your word. I have kept them in your name. And today, the Holy Spirit reminds us, we can use the most powerful name in the universe. The name of Jesus. Demons tremble. Demons have to run. Demons have to get out of your house. Demons have to get out of your temple. Demons have to get out of your health. Demons have to get out of your physical body. Demons have to get out of your finances because we are connected to the kingdom of God. Come on, keep your hands up. You are not randomly selected. God preordained for each and every one of us to be alive today. And God has called his church to a higher standard of Christian living. Father, we stand before you knowing that you're able to fill us up with a special anointing to be even more on fire for Christ. Help us to witness, Father, not only in what we say, but Father, help us to witness in what we do. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. I really want to help you today. Lift your hands. When we lift our hands, we're saying we're surrendering to our way. And this is beautiful. All over the building. I wish you could see all the hands raised. And I'm very serious. If you've not been in the right relationship with God, right now, 
Say, Lord, I repent. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did not make you priority. No, you need to say this. I'm sorry that I did not make you priority. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for restoration. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to Pastor. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Once you've asked God, the Bible says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Get your hands out to everyone watching this broadcast. It is our prayer that the peace, love, and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ watch over each of you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Peace. See you next Sunday. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.